If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Hello again, this is Heather Bayer with another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, and I'm really delighted to be back with you. My guest on the show today is Jason Beaton from airtightmarketing.com, and Jason has been working with our company, Cottage Link Rental Management, to develop uh, an online marketing plan for us and to help us do automation for our business. It's difficult because it's automation without losing the personal touch. So I wanted to talk to Jason about a lot of the expressions and phrases that you hear about marketing online and ask him to explain some of them. So at the end of this episode, we're going to have a sort of resource list of all these different things that that we hear about all the time, like marketing automation. I mean, what does automation actually mean. We're going to talk about lead magnets and what does the front and back end of a website or a, an automation system actually mean and a lot more. So I'm not going to go into a whole list of the things we're going to talk about, but if you've ever got stuck with online marketing, wondered what it's really about because there's all this jargon that's used, Jason is going to lay it all bare for us and tell us what it's all about. So let's go on over to the interview with Jason. So I'm delighted to have Jason Beaton back with me. And Jason's going to help out today with some explanation of some of the terms of internet on, or online marketing, because we hear these all the time and, and it, it can be very, very confusing. Now, the reason I'm asking Jason to do this is that he's currently helping us with our online marketing automation for Cottage Link Rental Management. So he's being infinitely patient with myself and Caitlin as we work through all this. And, and given that infinite patience and the fact that um, I got, I'm getting to know Jason better each time we talk to each other because he was at VRSS and works a lot with Mike, um, he seemed the ideal person to come and make it all clear for everybody. Jason, welcome. Thanks for joining me. Awesome. Well, thank, th- thanks for the introduction. And thanks for having me, Heather. This is going to be fun. It is. It is. You know, um, I was talking to you earlier on and I was say- saying that for, for, for about two and a half, three years, I was going to VRMA conferences and hearing the, hearing the acronym OTA. And I was too embarrassed to say to anybody, what does that mean? And now, it, you know, once I found out it was online travel agency, I thought, oh, gosh, that's so simple. But, I, you know, I, I worked around it. And I think that's what a lot of people do. They don't understand terminology, but they're, 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 a lot of people are not, they're, they're not confident enough to, to ask or they just don't want to show that, um, that they, they don't understand. So, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, and as you said, it's either lack of confidence or it's not wanting to ask, you know, be the first one to ask the, the newbie type question. But it's really important to understand all these t- terms and how, um, you know, a, a full understanding of, of what's available can really help your business grow. 
Yeah, absolutely. And what I want to, so I've got, I've got a long list of terms I want to go through for, for the purposes of this episode and for the show notes, I'm going to write a, uh, a list as well and have that as a separate PDF, downloadable PDF on, on, on the show notes for, for anybody who wants to, to go and have a look, <laughs> sort of almost like a resource list. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I want to kick off with the phrase I've already used. Um, I understand what it means now, but I didn't for a long time. And that's marketing automation. See, I freely use this on podcasts and when I'm talking to people and I gaily say, you know, we've got a, a marketing automation process ongoing. <laughs> and I'm thinking, God, that sounds really good. But does anybody understand it? Because really, I'm not sure I do myself. So. Over to you. What does this mean? <laughs> yeah, so marketing automation, you're right. It's kind of a catchphrase these days. And really what it means is, is having an automated system that delivers content to one of your, either prospective guests or guests, plural, where they are on inside the buying cycle. It, without, without you having to touch it, I guess, is the biggest point. It, it's not automated to the point where it's not personalized. Okay, marketing automation is very personalized, meaning best case scenario or a perfect use scenario is one of your, your returning customers or returning guests. You would not talk to them the same as you would talk to a brand new guest, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what marketing automation is by definition is a system designed to talk to a guest or a prospect at their spots in the buying cycle. Excellent. Now, now, just as, as an aside, I should say that you are an online marketing expert, you're a WordPress expert, but you're also really getting there in the vacation rental world. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Th thank to you, thanks to you and Mike. It's definitely been uh, an eye-opening experience seeing um, kind of firsthand how marketing automation and digital marketing can really help individual uh, vacation rental owners keep their, keep their bookings full. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned another one. You, you, you just said it. You said digital marketing. <laughs> right. So digital marketing now. It is the process of using um, the internet, whether it be social media, email, um, Google, anything like that, to increase your awareness for your brand and to create more bookings for yourself or for your business. Okay, that's perfect. So digital marketing then is sort of along the same lines as you could say it's online marketing as well. Correct, correct. Uh, di digital marketing seems a little less uh, or a little more accepted in today's world versus online marketing. Yes, online marketing has all sorts of, of connotations of some slimy salesperson trying to yeah, exactly. sell, you, sell you something with, with th those sorts of sales pages that go on for days. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. So, yeah, I like digital marketing. Um, but so, so, so from your experience so far in vacation rentals, and I know that you've, you've spent a lot of time with Mike working on our vacation rental formula um, website, but also you were there in, in person at the Vacation Rental Success Summit. You, you um, delivered a course uh, with Mike on digital marketing. And then you spent the whole weekend um, there chatting to people and mm -hmm. probably learning more. Well, what sort of questions were people asking you? Yeah, so uh, first of all, I, I 
really enjoyed the audience of the company. It seems like the, the folks inside the industry are very warm and welcoming, welcoming, which I guess is pretty standard for a hospitality industry, right? <laughs> Everyone's very nice and courteous. Um, but for, from my standpoint, the, the questions, I'm not going to say it were basic, but the questions I got were more related to, oh my goodness, I didn't know you can do that. You know, so very eye-opening in some of the techniques and strategies that we covered from a, a digital marketing perspective and ways you can um, interact with your guests without necessarily having to be on the phone with them or without having to physically type out an email more than once or twice. So, um, yeah, the questions I got were definitely, what's an, what's an email autoresponder? How do you use, uh, what, what's a landing page? What's a sales page? What are the tools you use to do these things? So, um, it, it really came from not being aware that these possibilities existed. So that's the top feedback that I got and, uh, would, would love to share it with you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, do you know, I, I, I believe that before we can do any digital marketing, really, we've, you said, what are the tools mm -hmm. we can use to do this? Now I know, mm -hmm. I, you know, I've, I've thrown out stuff over the course of the last few years, from my own very limited understanding of it and things like, yes, well, there's thing, this thing called Aweber and then, of course, there's MailChimp and there's constant contact. And now you and I are working with Active Campaign. Um, are all these, in, in essence, the same type of platforms that do the same type of thing? Or is, is, there, is there one that is way above the rest? I mean, I'm not asking for a full review of, of every, sure, every sure. one of the platforms, but if you could <laughs> just give us a very brief tour of what, what somebody should expect in this sort of um, software platform. Sure. So, so, Heather, what you're talking about there specifically are, is your email platform. Okay. How are you sending emails? So, um, Aweber and MailChimp, are very much broad, what's called broadcast-based, meaning you'll send an email, you'll actually log in the software, type it up, and send it to a whole bunch of people, okay? Whereas tools such as ActiveCampaign and Infusionsoft and Entreport are more marketing automation, meaning it's more than just email. It, you can run series and run schedules, um, but it's behavior-based, meaning you can set up a system to where if somebody hits, for instance, your booking page more than once or more than twice or three times inside of a 48-hour period, you can send them, send them an email. So you see, can you see the difference between just a straight, very linear broadcast style versus behavior-based? Yes, yeah. And, and in fact, you just that, that was a very simple explanation that, that was really, <laughs> really clear. I haven't spent much time on it, but now I, I do see that difference. So... If you're using Aweber, then that's great. You're going to send a newsletter out, perhaps. And I think mm -hmm. I think you you can see um, the stats of how many people opened that email, how many people opened that newsletter, and mm -hmm. what um, if you put URLs in the newsletter, it's going to it's going to tell you how many people clicked on them. But but what I'm getting, it's not going to specifically identify a specific person and then line up the next set of emails to send to that specific person. Am I right? Correct. It's, it's not near as fluid. Um, you know, Aweber and MailChimp are very much, I'm going to use the term linear, but straight up and down, meaning um, 
you know, wait X amount of time, wait one day, send this email, wait one day, send this email, just very rigid in that aspect. Um, and doesn't have the, the fluidity and the movement that a more advanced email software has. So are, are we looking at huge differences in price? Uh, no, not, not at all. With email softwares, you know, obviously it all depends on the size of your list or how many contacts and subscribers you have. Um, different softwares will count them differently, meaning one software might say if you have four lists and, and one contact is on all four lists, that counts as four. Whereas some will say you have one contact, I don't care how many lists they're on, it still counts as one. So to kind of answer your question in a roundabout way, a lot of people start off with MailChimp because it's free. It's easy to get your hands wet um, and, and get some basic things set up with MailChimp. Aweber is a little bit more of a um, one of the original innovators in the space. I think there may be $20 or $30 a month, once again, depending on your, the size of your list. And then you've got Active Campaign as the other one in that price point where you can start to get into some of the marketing automation that we touched on uh, for $9 a month for you know 500 contacts or so. So the price difference, it's, it's less than you know a dollar a day, obviously, difference. That, that's tremendous. So, so somebody could start out with quite a, a sophisticated package like Active Campaign, particularly as sort of an independent owner that maybe does not have that larger list but does want to be remarketing to them. And we're going to come back to the word remarketing later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so, so it, it doesn't take a lot to get into the game. Yeah. So it, it could be a really good option for somebody to, 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 to set up a marketing automation campaign, and it's not going to cost them much more than it would to, um, to be using Aweber. Of course, as you say, MailChimp is, is, is free but then it does not have the bells and whistles. Um, I know that their platform is changing and evolving. So I think they're releasing some limited automation capabilities right now with the free platform. Um, but for $9 a month versus free, uh, for, for most vacation rental owners, that's going to be within their budget to go ahead and get one of the Cadillacs of email marketing versus a, well, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. And you also mentioned Infusionsoft and Entreport. So, those two are really the, the higher-end type mm -hmm. products. Yes, yeah, so Infusionsoft and Entreport are really designed more for, for businesses who have kind of sales teams or sales staff. Um, it is very robust, and those, and those features from a CRM or contact or customer relationship management software to be able to see when a contact does certain things, when a salesperson touches on it or talks to a contact, and they're 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 priced quite a bit higher. Those are those systems can be anywhere from a hundred dollars a month to two hundred fifty dollars a month and beyond for minimum list. So typically, those systems are well, they're they they were the original pioneers in marketing automation. The, the the world has changed since then. New competitors have come into the space, and it, honestly, I think that they're struggling to stay with the online market versus a true brick and mortar small business style. Um, competitors. So, yeah, th th those two systems systems are much larger than what most people need. Yeah. So, so for, for the purposes of, of of this discussion and some of these questions I'm going to be asking, we're going to stick with Active Campaign because it's the one that uh, um, that we are using with um, with CLRM. Um, but in fact, some of the, the these things that we're going to be talking about, some of these um, the, this terminology applies to any any um, 
platform. Yeah, absolutely. It, it certainly can. Each platform will call an email a different, maybe a message versus an email. Mm-hmm. Um, but just stick with the concepts. If you stick with the concepts, those are un- universal between all platforms. Okay, my next one is funnels. And I, I hear Mike talking about this. You know, we've, we're going to put this person in this funnel and then mm-hmm. this person goes in that funnel. It's like, yep. this, yeah, I'm so, totally lost on this one. <laughs> you can think, um, I think probably the easiest way to explain a funnel is whenever you pull up a map, okay, maybe like a Google Maps, and you put, put in your directions or where you want to go, all right? Google Maps will say, okay, this is the, your shortest route. You're going you're gonna to make a right here, make a left here, and finally wind up your de- destination, right? A funnel is really the exact same thing, but in online space, means, which means a, a visitor will click on this button, which means they go to this page and ultimately take this desired end, end result. So in the vacation rental world, that is something to the effect of they come to your website, um, they click on the book now button, and they actually make a booking. Okay, so that's, that's a very simple form of a funnel. Um, there's various aspects of it, whether you want talking front end or back end, but for simplicity, a funnel is just simply the shortest way to get that, the end result from your client or from, from your prospect. Okay, what do you say the shortest way to get the end result? Do you have to have the end result in mind before you even start? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's one of Stephen Covey's seven traits of a highly effective person, right, is begin with the end in mind. So in, in the vacation rental space, you know, the end game may ultimately will probably be a booking or a repeat booking, right? Um, it could also be an inquiry, you know, where, where somebody inquires about a specific property. Um, or it could simply be, and opt in to your list. We talked about that, that we touched on the customer lifecycle early on, but depending on where that prospective guest is in that lifecycle will determine what their true end result is for that particular stage. So whether they're brand new and you just want them on your list, that way you can start talking with them, or they've been here a couple of times and you want them to book, or they've booked with you previously and you want them to book again. Does that make sense? So a, a funnel has multiple layers to it, much like an, an onion. Um, but in simplistic terms, just one is good enough to start. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that, that sounds relatively simple. Um, I'm just going to go on to another one because I know this is, this is something that's confused Caitlin slightly and confuses me when we're, when we're going through our process is what is an automation so we talk about marketing automation as a sort of the, the overriding strategy, but what's an actual in, in, in active campaign, what is an automation? Yeah, so that's a good, good point. And we are speaking directly to active campaign terms, terms right now. So an automation is simply a script of what you want to happen when something else happens or a trigger, okay? You will set a trigger for an automation, and that could be something as simple as view the web page. It could be open the email. It could be um, clicked on this button. So you can get pretty specific on, on or join a list. Okay, so that's a trigger. And then the rest of this script or this flow chart is the automation. So you can have it do things such as notify you, okay, the owner. You can have it send an email. You can have them um, do m- multiple things. Um, that can, can, can get really, really advanced. I mean, you can even have it add to a spreadsheet over in Google Sheets if you want to. So um, an automation isn't just about email, but it's a full series 
of, or it can be an email, but it can also be a full script of what you want to happen with that contact when they take an action. So I used that term behavior-based earlier. And automation is how you respond to the behavior that the guest took on your website. I, I will get it. I honestly want it. <laughs> I really will get this. It, it, it's interesting that as you're talking, you're, you're inputting some of this terminology that I've got on this list. You've, you've already mentioned front-end. You've already mentioned mm -hmm. opt-ins. <laughs> so yeah. we, we will be going on to these. What, what do you think is the next um, logical step to talk about? Would it be opt-ins? Yeah, I think so. You know, an opt-in um, is all an opt-in is is the ability for someone to join your list or join your, your contact list, your newsletter list, something like that. So you'll see these all over the place. You'll see them in wherever you are. I mean, Facebook. Facebook has an opt-in. It's called registration, okay? Um, Amazon has an opt-in. Once again, registration, right? Um, it, an opt-in is just simply a spot where somebody can put their name and their email address and click submit or join your list, and now you have their contact information. So that's what an opt-in is. In the full scheme of, of a full sell, a marketing automation system, you can have multiple opt-ins. Mm -hmm. So let's say that you have a, um, a place, a, a property down in Florida, okay, on, on the coast. An opt-in you might have is five things to do in Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's your opt-in. That's, that's, that's something you would use to attract somebody to give you your, their name and email address. That's what we call a lead magnet as well. Right. Yep. So, so the lead magnet is, um, you know, we see this all, all the time in, in traditional business. It's the coupon, right? It's the um, buy one hamburger, get one free, right? So that's a lead magnet, someone to get them into the store. Mm -hmm. So that we've covered lead magnet and opt-in. Okay. And we do, we do that every day. Every, every day, you know, something pops up. It says, you know, download this ebook. Um, this special report. Um, mm -hmm. So, so mm -hmm. but they want your email address. Obviously, you put your email address in, so that's an opt-in. Correct. Um, it's just some way to allow the prospect or, or the guest to give you permission to send them an email. Okay, we're going on to the next level here. What is a double <laughs> opt-in? So a double opt-in, in some countries, it's required to do what's called a double opt-in, and that's where you where a guest would come to your site, they would put in their information like we just described and it hits yes, join the list, okay? Your email system would then automatically send them an email that says, hey, you have um, just subscribed to this list or joined this newsletter list, confirm this, okay? So it's that confirmation email. If they don't click confirm, your system will never send them an email, no matter what they're, how often they're sending it, it doesn't matter. If they have not confirmed, they will not get an email. So that's a double opt-in as opposed to a single opt-in is they opt-in and then your system does not send that confirmation. They do not have to confirm. And then they start receiving emails just as, you, as you've scripted in your automations or in your broadcast or anything like that. So once again, depending on your country, uh, I, think, I think Canada requires a um, double opt-in whereas the U.S., not so much, okay? And I'm not quite sure about overseas. So definitely check, check with your country's anti-spam laws to, to verify that. Okay, so, so if, if there is no requirement for double opt-in, is there any benefit mm -hmm. of actually doing it voluntarily? 
Oh yeah, you get a cleaner list. So okay. in other words, what that means is, is the people on your list are truly your your contacts, so truly your fans. Whereas someone um, who has a single opt-in methodology, um, that may be somebody who, who did it by mistake, or there's there's lots of stuff out there that will kind of spoof it. But bottom line is, if you do, if you, if you do a, a double opt-in, your list is going to be cleaner than somebody who does not have a double opt-in. Okay, great explanation there. Let's move on to uh, what is a landing page. Perfect. So a landing page, unlike your website, so your website and your website pages have got cool things like your logo, menu bars, sidebars, footers, everything like that. A landing page is this, is there for one purpose and one person one, one purpose only. They either take the action or they go back and close it. Okay? So in our example, somebody you you've got this awesome guide, okay? They they click on your little button on your website that says yes, give me this guide. It takes them to the landing page that the entire purpose of this page is to get them to submit their information or to take the next action. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there, there is no menu. There is no sidebar. There's nothing distracting the guest from this desired action. It's either they take this action or they don't. Okay. Uh, you see this a lot of times nowadays in checkout pages. So think of Amazon's checkout page. Think of um, e- even Netflix, right? If you subscribe for a Netflix account, whenever you see the, the shopping cart, it's one action. It's very, very difficult to get out of the cart and go back to shopping. You either take the action or you figure out a way to close it and reopen it. Okay, that's, that's a, uh, probably the best case scenario of a landing page that you've seen in normal interactions. Okay. Um, so how could, how could uh, you know, bring it back to vacation rentals, how could um, an owner uh, apply a landing page? What, what would, give, can you give me an example of, of how that yeah. would work? The, the, the best case scenario for a landing page would be, in an owner's world, would be not talking about lead mags. We've already talked about lead magnets. But say a booking page. You know, they click book now. What's that next, next page looks like? Mm-hmm. Is it full of your sidebar, your, your menu bars, multiple ways to get off of that page? Or is it just simply, here's a calendar, here's my property, click next. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that, that's probably the best, um, most relatable way in, the, in a vacation rental space of, of a landing page. Is that book now, where, where they're picking their dates, there's nothing distracting them from, from taking that next step of actually going to the payment page. Okay, cool. So... Um... If if somebody's got a WordPress website, um, mm-hmm. do they have? Are they able to create a landing page just on the website with using the tools they have with WordPress, or is it important to to go to um, another platform to to build the landing page? And I'm thinking here of of um, products like lead pages. Sure. So a landing page. Um, will depend on your specific theme. So with WordPress, you pick your theme or your skin, if you will, and you know you you have the capabilities within that theme. Most brand, most newer themes will have a version of a landing page. You won't have a lot of customization with it, but you will have a menuless layout, no sidebar. So that's probably the the best way to get a landing page with WordPress is just knowing. Um, if your theme has it or not. However, 
once you get past that and you've kind of you, you've played with that a bit and it's very hard, it's very clunky, you can do text and maybe some images, then you can graduate to a landing page builder such as um, lead pages, click funnels, thrive themes or thrive landing page content builder. Those are all drag and drop style landing page builders that are very specific in their purpose. Their purpose is one thing, create a landing page. Okay, so there's templates there. It's quick. It's easy. Uh, you don't have to spend hours looking at code. Okay, so yes, you can do it with with your WordPress theme. It's hit or miss. If you really want it done right, you would ultimately go with one of those three or four options I just mentioned: Click Funnels, Lead Pages, Optimize Press, or Thrive Content Builder. Okay, excellent. I'm going to be putting all this into um, the show notes. So okay, great. The links to all those will be in the show notes. Okay, next you mentioned front end. Mm -hmm. Front end, back end. What does that mean? Sure. So a lot of times my clients will come to me, and it's the the way of thinking is very much kind of that small brick and mortar business way of thinking. We just want traffic. We want traffic and traffic and traffic to our website. Okay, traffic is typically front end. All right. If you think if you think of um, a machine, you have the input and you have the output. Okay, whatever you put into that machine is traffic. That's your front end. That's things like a Facebook ad. Um, that's actually you know maybe sending an email broadcast, a broadcast email to your list. Okay, those are front end traffic generation methods to your website. Back end is the things you don't see. Back end is a sales funnel. It's a automated sales system or, or the marketing automation piece that takes over in the back end. Here, here's an example. If somebody comes in and we're driving traffic to your, you know, to, to your property page, okay, which means you know, Facebook ads, Google link ads, things like that, they get to that page. What happens then? Okay. What if they exit it? What if they don't? Uh, what if they, they click on the next page to book but then, then fall off? Okay, the, the back end is the system that's in place to take care of what I call the no's. When somebody says no to your offer, this is where the back end system, the email marketing system will take place and start sending them emails based on their behaviors to help get them to that next step. So you can drive all the traffic in the world, but if you don't have a sales process in place in the back end, you're still going to have a very, very low ROIs or return on investment numbers from that. Whereas if you build a nice, robust backend, taking somebody from a brand new guest to, who have not, has not seen your property before, all the way through a booking automate, you know, automatically, then you can start driving all the traffic you want, and you'll see a lot greater return on investment on the backend because you have that sales system in place already. Does that, does that kind of make it clear between front end and back end? Yes, yes, it does. It just uh, and while you're talking, so I'm I'm you know back into my own company and thinking about the 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 back end, and this is what you know you're helping us try and do at the moment, not mm. uh, not lose those very warm leads that we have coming in at the front end. Correct. Yeah, um, absolutely, and that's I would say that's pretty consistent with with any uh, vacation rental owner is what are you doing with somebody when they get there. So, so, so often we're focused on how do we get people to our site? How do we get people here? How do we get people there? But what's the purpose if you're not taking them 
and, and walking them through a, a life cycle to create a booking. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we, that's what we've been doing for, for quite a number of years now and recognizing now that the market, you know, what, now the market's become so enormously competitive mm-hmm. that it's, mm-hmm. it's, no longer, um, it's no longer acceptable to, be, to, to have that complacency that, that we ignore people once they've, they've got to the website. When we, um, you know, we've spent money getting them to the website. Right. So right. why would anybody just leave them hanging there and not prompt them? Because it gets, you know, I'm sort of thinking that this is what prompts them to the next step. Right. And, and to speak directly to, to that prompting, okay, that's where things like opt-ins come in place. That's where things where um, on most websites you'll see some type of um, call to action, whether it's a top bar, a light box, or, or an old school term is pop-up or a slide-in, uh, something that breaks the, the, the viewer's attention away from the standard homepage and, and highlights something. Mm-hmm. Okay, So that, that's all part of creating this automated system is, is designing a system that interrupts them. If you can get, you, get your, your guests to interrupt their, their normal viewing habit and call their attention to something else, that's how you're going to start getting that something else to be more profitable. We, we were talking earlier on today about pop-ups and slide-ins being potentially mm-hmm. annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I hear that a lot when, we've, when I've done it on, um, on Cottage Blogger occasionally, mm-hmm. and I've had a pop-up, and people have come in and said, oh, I hate that. I just click away. Now, I'm, I'm assuming that, that these people are in the minority because otherwise there wouldn't be so many of them out there. I'm assuming they, they do work in the way that they're intended to. Yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, you're exactly right. And the same thing goes for you know, our emails being spam. We're not wanting to spam people. Um, the, the truth is if they were so offensive and annoying, um, the, the big players would not be using them, right? Um, your Airbnb would not be using it. To take it into a more real-world example, Lowe's, Home Depot, right? Um, Walmart, they all use them to some, to some extent. So if they were so annoying and abrasive, the big players in the world of commerce would not be using them. Yeah, I, I hear this argument that, um, from, from some people who say, well, our, our demographic, our guests don't like these things. So this just sort of brings me to another question question on terminology that we hear mm-hmm. which is a b testing yeah that's a good one that's and i good wonder one. if we could just go into that because it, it strikes me that that this is where um a form of a b testing might might work yeah yeah so m- a lot of people who've been in the space for a while uh, or in in the digital space they think a b testing is uh, is this button green or is it red right mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's not going to matter if your message isn't right. So most of the time when, when I advise clients on A-B testing, we're actually testing thing, different triggers. So in the case that we're talking about right here, um, instead of doing a light, a light box with relative, the relevant content, we'll, we'll test a slider or a little slide-in box in the bottom right-hand corner versus a top bar, which is sticky up at the top. So those are three different ways or th- the exact message display three different ways that some people will gravitate to and some people won't. So that's a form of an A-B test 
that it has real application that will make a difference in your in your opt-ins. You know, you're learning the behavior of your audience. Okay, so okay. so um, how, how is how is it? I guess this is automated. That the different type mm-hmm. of um, of feature that you're going to be using, whether it's a slide in at the bottom or or, or a static bar at the top or whatever, um, mm-hmm. that's all set up so it goes out to to what it, it's randomly distributed to um, to visitors to the site. That, that's correct. Now, um, in this specific instance, I'm talking about um, a, a piece of software called Thrive Leads. It's made by the same company I mentioned earlier, Thrive Themes. But landing, pay, or I'm sorry, opt-in software and different tools. Um, there's another one called Opt-in Monster. There's Opt-in Monk. Sumo Me is another one. Um, they all have the capability of displaying your opt-in or your call to action. Okay, it doesn't necessarily have to be an opt-in, but your call to action in different spots in different ways and, and letting you see the reports on which one do people click on the most. Excellent. So you keep, you keep throwing these in. Let, let's just stop with call to action now. <laughs> yeah. Or, or as we often hear it called as a CTA. So just Correct. briefly, briefly describe what, what a call to action is. That is something that interrupts your visitors, your website visitors, you know, pathway of, or visual pathway. So it interrupts them, meaning, or highlights them, okay? It highlights this thing you want them to do. This is that you want them to view the calendar. You want them to download this packing guide, okay? Those are all types of what's called a call to action because you're saying right then and there, hey, do this, okay? Click this button because you want this end result. So that's what a call to action is. Okay, so it's encouraging a specific behavior. Correct. That's like, like going back to our Google Maps analogy. That is that is Google or Siri yelling at you, turn left now. Okay. Okay. That's that's what call to actions do is they tell the visitor where to go. Um, okay, next, remarketing. Um, we hear remarketing all the time, and this is particularly relevant, of course, where guests have come to us from – Home away, VRBO, Airbnb. So we don't have at that point in time when they've booked through those platforms, we don't have their email address. But of course, once right. they've arrived at the property, you have that ability to get that email address. And then what? Correct. So um, I'm going to preface this by throwing the term retargeting at you, and we'll come back to that. Okay. So retargeting and remarketing are two separate things. Okay. Okay. Um, remarketing, just like Heather, you mentioned, that is when you are trying to get repeat business. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's when a guest has come in, they've booked with you, you've uh, checked in with them throughout the stay, they're having a great time. Great. See you, see you guys back here next year. That's typically where most owners leave it, right? Well, what if we took, took that to the next level? Okay. One of the things that um, I highlighted in our course or a workshop that we did there at uh, Vacation Rental Success Summit is instead of just saying, we'll see you again next year, okay, what if we, once again, they're behavior-based, meaning they've checked out, okay, so now our automation and active campaign can start going down the cycle, all right? So they've checked out. Three days later, we send them an email that says, you know, thanks again for a lovely stay, um, we, we would love to have you back. Here is a three nights for uh, four for the price of three coupon or a 10% coupon. Okay. That's one thing. Um, 
honestly, I think the coupon will probably be farther on down the chain, but, but you can create a system to say, hey, share, share your experience on Facebook with us. Mm-hmm. Share, your, share your photos here on Instagram, right? So all these are different you know, emails um, and or messages you're sending to your prospect or to your, to your guest to get them to book again. Hey, you want to go ahead and lock in your time, maybe three days after that. You want to go ahead and lock in your, your vacation for next year. Three days after that, if they if they still have they have not booked yet or rebooked again, maybe this is where you offer them a ten percent coupon. Mm-hmm. So um, let me just kind of recap that because I know I kind of bounced bounced around all over the place. You've got a guest who's checked out. First message is awesome. Thank you so much for staying. Go ahead and and reserve next year's weekend with us or next year's week with us. Message two might be instead of booking next year's weekend, how about a weekend in the fall at you know, a special rate or whatever your off season is, right? Because you want them to book in their off season. That way you can start building that up as well. Um, and then from there, start trying to create those reviews and testimonials. Share it on Facebook. Give me, you know, let, let, how about a review? Um, and then kind of your last that's resort is going to be offering them a, a, a coupon or a discount of some sort. Because of course, we're all in it to not only provide excellent experiences for, for our guests, but also for revenue. So, I always tend to offer the discount to the very end, mm-hmm. you know, the last ditch effort. And part of the, the automation that goes into this remarketing is if they rebook with you and reserve next year's room, all that stops. Okay. So they're not getting relative, uh, irrelevant content. Yeah. Okay. So that, I think that's the big, big takeaway with the automation system and why we call it personalized is because once they book, that whole system stops. We're kind of dead in its tracks. So we're not going to offer them a 10% coupon to book next July if they've already booked for next July. Mm-hmm. But then that, okay. might, but then you can might move them off into somewhere else where you start sending them more information about events and attractions. And- yep. Yep. Correct. So um, at that point in time, once they've kind of gone through that, whether they've booked yes or, or not booked, um, you can put them in your, what, what, what I usually call your bucket list or your newsletter list, right? So mm-hmm. they will go ahead and get your, your monthly or quarterly newsletters about the property and events going on in the area. As far as remarketing goes, um, especially if you have a low season, okay? If, if, you know, after a couple of years in business, most of you guys will know when your highs and your lows are, right? Remarketing, can, the term remarketing can be used to also classify if you have last second uh, cancellations, or to get people booked at the low, low points, right? So either a special discount or a special event, something that, that you're highlighting for that period of time that would encourage someone to come back and book with you again. Okay. Something was mentioned to me um, this morning or sort of came to mind this morning was the, was the expression above the fold. Uh, yeah. In fact, I saw it on a Facebook group message and somebody was bemoaning the fact that um, everybody uses jargon and he didn't, mm-hmm. he didn't even understand above the fold. What does it mean? Sure. So above the fold, it, I will uh, kind of throw this disclaimer out there that the term above the fold is changing. With the onset of mobile, it's changed a lot. But above the fold came, came to play um, or came to be back when everyone's computer screen was 15 inches or 17 inches or 19 inch squares. And you can only show so much of your web page on the screen at one time. Okay, so on your homepage, when somebody lands on your homepage, the term above the fold indicates what they can see right then without any scrolling. If they have to see something scrolling down, 
is no longer, quote unquote, above the fold. So the importance of that was um, when, all, when, the bug, when the term got started, typically visitors to your website will see what you have to display and then make that decision, do I want to keep going or not? Okay, so if you had a call to action, if you wanted to highlight something, all that would need to be above the fold to get the most visibility. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, mobile has changed the world with above the fold. Images, imagery, background images, all that has changed above the fold. And nowadays, um, more and more sites and more and more bookings are being done on the mobile phone, right? I think I was looking at uh, one of my clients and they had 60% 60 of their visitors were on mobile devices, Mm -hmm. okay? Mobile devices, we are accustomed to scrolling, taking the finger, flicking it up, okay? It's going to happen. It happens on Facebook, it happens on Instagram, it happens on every platform. So yes, you need a call to action, but where it is in your in your message in your homepage isn't nearly as important anymore as it used to be. Okay. Does that make sense? That makes that makes a lot of sense because I, I I know I I don't do a huge amount on my on my mobile. I mean it's only been it's only been a year or so since we actually got a good enough cell signal that I could actually use it in the house, and I don't go out <laughs> and I don't go out much. Yeah, on top of that too, it's it's so much harder nowadays to predict where the fold is going to be because we have 12-inch laptops, we have 13-inch laptops, we have 14, 15, 17-inch laptops. We have 21-inch monster screens. We have 28-inch screens that we look at for computers. Then we also have tablets, 8-inch, 9-inch, 12-inch, 13-inch tablets, and our phones, right? So the, the fold is ever-changing. So it's increasingly more and more and more and more difficult to figure out where this mythical fold is. Oh, good point. Really good point. So, so perhaps it's not as not as relevant uh, as it yeah. once was. Yep, yep. If, if if your listeners are really really concerned about above the fold, the the best thing I would I would suggest doing is knowing which platform the majority of your bookings come from, and optimize for that platform. Mm-hmm. Meaning, are the majority of your bookings coming from mobile? Are they coming from tablets? Are they coming from desktop? Okay. okay, and then from there, make your decision on, on where this fold is supposed to be. That is a great segue into something else I wanted to talk about very briefly. Um, okay, and that's um, Google Analytics because I th- oh yeah because you were the, saying you know you've got to know where people are coming from. Great elephant in the room that is Google <laughs> Analytics. <laughs> yeah, and and I think we could probably do a whole separate episode on Google Analytics sure. and how to use it. Um, we've only got a few minutes here. Can you just briefly talk about how, why Google Analytics are so important? So Google Analytics is Google's freeware, if you will, um, to be able to visualize where your traffic is coming from and what they're doing on their site. It can be a little intimidating to get going in it, um, but I have found that their their own support center is pretty good at it, actually. So... It, you start off by, by installing a small code, and most themes have a spot for this. Most of your WordPress themes have a spot for this already, but you install a little code on your, on your website, and that tells every time that your page loads or a page loads on your website, it will send information to Google Analytics. So that way you can see um, where, if, if your property is, let's say, in Utah, 
where are most of your visitors coming from? Are they coming from the East Coast? Are they coming from the North? Are they coming from the South? So you can see, you know, pretty, pretty decent geographic um, areas of where they're coming from. What platform are they coming from? Are they coming from a desktop, a laptop, a mobile phone, tablet? Okay. And then you also see what traffic source they're coming from. Are, are they coming from Facebook? Are they coming from an organic search in Google, meaning, you know, vacation rental home in Utah or something like that? Are they coming from Twitter? Are they coming from a partner site or maybe a listing site? Okay. Or something to that effect. So in, in a high broad terminology, that's what Google Analytics does is it, is it gives you insight of where people are coming from and then also what pages they're clicking on on your website. And, and it, it will also tell you, I mean, I'm sort of guessing this because I haven't spent much time in Google Analytics at all, but I'm sure we'll tell you things like, you know, what page were they on when they went out of the site, the last page they yes. visited, which is, you know, that, that's, that's, that's always interesting to me, isn't it? Or I guess it should be interesting mm -hmm. as to what page are people on when they decide to go somewhere else. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, th those are typically the exit pages is the terminology that's used. You know, what page is the last one that was displayed before they exit, before they close, before they go somewhere else? Um, and once you get your base set up, then you can go back and start optimizing those exit pages, okay? So something to the effect of having, if let's say you're um, – your about us page was the high exit page. Okay. Maybe that means you need to tweak that about us page, make it more personal, make it more story related. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or maybe that's a chance for you to um, build a, an exit intent pop up. So if they go up there to click close, you get a light box that says, are you sure you want to leave mm -hmm. or something to that effect or check out our specials or, um, you know, we've got a special sale going on for this weekend, whatever the case is. So knowing those excellent intent pages and optimizing those is kind of one of the last steps in your full system, but you get that data from Google Analytics. That, that, that really helps. And I, I know, um, you know Google Analytics is free. It's easy to install. And I guess it's just a matter of, of sticking with it and going through all the separate sections to see what's available because there's a wealth of information. Um, and I believe there's that there's all sorts of help on using Google Analytics that's freely available to. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And um, we, like you said, we could spend an entire episode on nothing but Google Analytics and the data that it can provide you. Um, but in the beginning, if you're just getting started on this, the biggest thing to do is just get it installed. Mm -hmm. If you get installed, you can start then go go to work on all your other stuff. Come back, and at least you'll have data to start making decisions off of. Yeah. Okay. It almost seems that we've gone, you know, we, sh we should have perhaps started with Google Analytics in this and then <laughs> instead of putting it at the end. But uh, it's, it, it, it seems a pretty much a no-brainer to, to get right. that done. And if you can't do it, if it's, if it's too technical for you to install that code, go to Fiverr.com. Folks will do it there for 5 or $10. Um, I can't guarantee the quality, but it will be there. It's a simple little piece of code that doesn't take you know five or ten minutes to actually install. So um, there's multiple ways you can get that thing installed. And like I said, most themes nowadays have a spot for you to put your Google Anal Analytics code right there. Yeah. So it makes it easier and easier to install. 
Okay, that's fantastic, Jason. Is there anything we've we've missed out that you want to touch on before we uh, before we close here? You know, the, I think the only thing that we mentioned that um, I mentioned the word retargeting, and I just want to give you a quick highlight of what that is versus remarketing. Oh, sure. Is that okay? Yeah. So retargeting is an advertising term that you can do if you decide to start running some Facebook ads or some Google ads. Retargeting is somebody who has clicked on a certain page or got to a certain point of your website and said, no thanks, I'm out, and leaves your website or whatever behavior that you want to, to put that there. So for, for in our world, in vacation rental world, somebody who hits all the way to the book now page but doesn't actually book you can actually create a custom audience just of those people and serve an ad directly to them to come back to book. So that's probably the best case scenario of what retargeting is. Somebody left your website and you want to give them an ad that talks to exactly where they left from to get them back. So you're only targeting that to a certain, to a certain per person or, or group of people who take a particular action. Correct. And, and the biggest thing about, about that is your ad will actually say something to the effect of, um, you know, if they, if they left your booking page, you know, your ad will say complete your booking, mm-hmm. right? Or reference where they left from so they make the connection and keep going. So it's highly specific, highly targeted. Um, some of the, the best dollars spent is in retargeting. Okay. And I think we've all seen this ourselves as we, as mm-hmm. we move about the online world. Uh, we we go to and I've, I've I saw it recently. I I was I was on um, I don't know. Must I was, I'm refurbishing a bathroom, so I think mm-hmm. I was on a, a a site that sold vanities, and couldn't find one that I liked. So I went off the site, and the next thing I find is an ad for vanities. Yes, yes, and um, Amazon does this all the time. If you're on Amazon looking at a particular product, you're not interested, life gets the way, you close the browser, whatever the case is, you come back and start browsing the internet or Facebook, and all of a sudden you see ads for that exact product you were just looking at. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it did remind, Amazon did remind me recently that I really wanted to buy some cream of tartar. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's, um, Amazon does a great job of retargeting. I think at some point, Jason, we've got to revisit this and actually go go through some a couple of these in more detail. Um, but I know that you're working on, a, on on the course with Mike that's actually going to cover a lot of this stuff anyway. I, I believe that will be coming out um, very, very shortly. So I'll, I'll let Mike put a link to that in the, in the show notes. We will go back, and I'm sure after we finish this conversation, we'll get back into a previous conversation about um, slide-ins and pop-ups and things on our CLRM website. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and maybe do some testing. So for now, there you go. for now, Jason, it's been an absolute pleasure um, having you here. Um, for those of you who are listening, uh, Jason's website is airtightmarketing.com. And go take a look. Jason has been incredibly helpful for, um, for our company. So um, I'm doing a nice little sales pitch for you here, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely appreciate it. Yes. Um, uh, on, on my homepage, you can direct, book a discovery call, a quick 30-minute discovery call, you know, no, no commitments, anything like that. Just, hey, what do you think of my business? And I'll be happy to talk through it and, and give you some pointers on, on things that you can take action on in the next 24 hours to start 
capturing more leads or driving more traffic or whatever your specific need is. Perfect. That's that's a great little explanation. I would encourage anybody who's interested in this to uh, to get in touch with Jason, but don't take any of my time. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, thanks so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure. You bet. Thanks, Heather. I appreciate it. Have a great day. So great stuff from Jason Beaton, and I'm looking forward to continuing to work with Jason on not only the Cottagelink Rental Management website, but he's also working on Cottage Blogger and the Vacation Rental Formula and VRSS. Um, so if you if you want a chunk of Jason's time to help you out, I'd get in there soon before I gobble it all up. So that's it for this week. I hope you've enjoyed this interview. Uh, it certainly opened my eyes to a few more things and uh, I'll look forward to being with you again next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business. Oh,